Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Opening up trade opportunities continues to be a top priority for the U.S. feed industry. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Mallory Gaines is the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy for the American Feed Industry Association. We talk about some of the priorities she has laid out for the Biden administration regarding trade. And she starts us off with why the U.S. feed industry is so valuable to the rest of the world. The United States is still a major agriculture producer and exporter, one of the top in the world. And when it comes to animal feed, you know, we obviously need corn, we need soy, we need those bulk commodities. But for American Feed Industry Association, we're also looking for those niche ingredients to make a feed complete. And that's really what, you know, we're known for in the United States, those quality feed ingredients that we export. So when feed prices go skyrocketing in in different regions of the United States, sometimes the sentiment is, well, then why are we even sending feed overseas if if we need it here, if we need the prices to go down here? What's that response? Yeah, feed prices do go all across the board, and we really want to try to keep them down. Um, But keeping them in the United States doesn't keep the prices down necessarily because we actually have a surplus in this country of feed. I mean, in order for a business to grow, small business, medium business, large business, we really do need to look overseas, and that actually helps bring up the entire United States economy. Uh, We'd love to keep those feed prices low, though. So the conversation among international trade has been minimal with the Biden administration. His focus coming in was domestic issues. So have doors opened up? What do conversations like in gaining export opportunities? We want tariff reductions. We want these SPS issues to be uh, changed so that we can have science-based standards and free trade. We want free trade agreements. You know, there's a lot of different discussions going on with different countries, like the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework with Asia and some of the other countries in the Pacific. And we just don't know what those agreements look like or those discussions are going to look like and how they're really going to promote U.S. agriculture and U.S. trade if they're not handling tariffs and market access in that traditional way. Mallory, you threw out an acronym for us, SPS. Can you tell us what that is? Absolutely. Sanitary phytosanitary issues. Those are your science-based issues that the United States may have one thing they think is scientific and another country may have another and then you might need to go to the World Trade Organization to figure out whose science is the correct science and those issues really often do block trade for us. We're a very science-based nation so when we go up against a nation that's maybe more precautionary we can run into those issues and it can stop trade for us. Can you give me an example? In SPS issues we often do go head-to-head with the European Union. They do more of a precautionary principle. In the United States we have more of a science-based approach, a risk-based approach and it's hard when other countries take on the Europeans' regulations and their way of thinking because it really does stop our market access when we're trying to do things based on sound science and data. So what is AFIA working on right now to expand trade to those countries? So AFIA um, is a member of um, USDA has market access program funds. AFIA is one of the cooperators of those funds. We're able to take those and go into new markets and expand them and open them for U.S. products. Many associations are cooperators, so there's a lot of different associations who are going in and trying to expand beef, poultry, corn, soy, 
AFI is doing feed ingredients to really try to get into those markets and we don't have the trade agreements that we need, lowering tariffs, getting us that market access. We need those market access program funds to get ourselves into those markets and create new customers. When we talk about feed ingredients, disease is often a factor uh, because feed is a point of contact for animal diseases. What are some of those risks across the globe that you have to pay attention to? The American Feed Industry Association takes disease risk very seriously. We have our own biosecurity document for feed mills, and we actually have translated that into Vietnamese and Chinese, trying to get other feed millers across the world up to speed on biosecurity so we're not passing disease around through feed. It's important that it remains as clean and healthy as the animals and, and their facilities as well. What animal diseases are out there right now? like circulating the globe? The, the biggest disease, I think, which what prompted the biosecurity document ultimately was African swine fever. You know, when we got, got it down south in uh, Dominican Republic, that was a big wake-up call for everybody that, oh, wow, this really could be outside the U.S.'s door. We need to be prepared. We need to make sure we have plans in place. And we have been working on things. I say we, AFIA, I know the swine industry has been working on it as well, but it was a big wake-up call that we needed to make sure we were keeping our products safe, our customers' animals safe, to stop disease before it starts. For folks who are not familiar with the American Feed Industry Association, give me a sense of your membership. For example, are there are folks listening in Wisconsin, who would they come in contact with that would be directly affiliated with AFIA? Well, I would say everybody in Wisconsin probably knows someone who's affiliated with AFIA because we also represent pet food. So if you have a dog or a cat or a chicken or a rabbit or a snake, we all of those feed manufacturers, those are our members. If you have equipment and you're a feed miller, we have equipment manufacturers. And then even those animals that are maybe pets, but the USDA does consider them pets, your horses, and then, of course, your livestock as well. So if you're feeding a complete feed, you've obvi- or hopefully you've put more than just corn and soy into it, you've put amino acids, you've put some yeast, you've put whatever you need to make that a you know, wholesome quality feed for your animals, and those are our members. Aside from trade, what are some of those other top issues that AFIA is looking at right now, maybe here domestically? Is it supply chain? Is it inflationary pressure? Is it policy that you want to change here in D.C.? We are very concerned about the supply chain issues. You know, we need to make sure that our ports remain open, that trains are taking our commodities back and forth across the United States. It is of a concern that we keep seeing closures and disruptions that ultimately cost our members money and, of course, then trickle down to the consumer as well, which doesn't help those feed costs in the end. You mentioned rail. What's the, what is today's problem with, with railroad? The railroad system is old. You know, it really needs to be updated. And we've also had labor issues with rail. It's just not as consistent. There's a monopoly on the system, so the prices keep going up and costing everybody. On the other side of things, I want to talk maybe trends that you're seeing from buyers. What are consumers pushing the feed industry to do that you guys have been focused on? The feed industry, at least from the ingredient and additive perspective, is lucky that we're not exactly consumer-facing necessarily. We're more B2B. So when you see some of these trends, climate change, sustainability, um, even animal welfare seems to be kind of becoming popular again, coming back into play, we're seeing that through our customers. We're having, you know, the cattle producers, the swine producers, poultry, aquaculture say, we need sustainable feed, we need feed to help us meet our sustainability goals, and that's coming from a consumer and scientific perspective as well, and we're there to help help our customers meet those goals. It's important for, you know, 
farmers and ranchers to know that the feed industry is really part of their trickle down or up effect. You know, all of the animal byproducts and, and bakery products and things that don't go into the food supply, they come into your animal feed. And so really we're all sort of one wholesome agricultural unit. You may not think it affects you directly, but if it affects that downward stream, it can come back. So we all need to kind of, I think, remain working together and appreciate the opportunity to speak to you, to your folks who are listening to get that message across. What's the best resource uh, for your average farmer, grower, to reach out to the American Feed Industry Association? Please visit our website, www.afia.org. There's contacts on the website for each of the staff members. There's nice pictures of us there. You can find the right staff member to answer your question, and of course, we'll make sure to get that answered for you. Mallory Gaines along with us with what's moving and shaking the feed industry today. She's the Director of Market Access and Trade Policy for the American Feed Industry Association. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.